Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. It's a podcast where John Sekatowski, Nick Smith. Gibson. Are you freaking kidding me? I, okay, I'm going to start over. I Like, what the heck? Okay, I'm going to start over. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. I'm Andy Schmidt here with John Sekatowski and Nick Gibson. I can't even do it right, dude. You, you messed me up so bad at this point, bro. Nick Gibson isn't even here, and I'm saying he's here. What is wrong with you? I had it perfect the first time. I know. I got to get it all out now. I got to get it all out. We're going to, this is third time's the charm. This is worth it to me. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, third time's the charm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Optic Theology Podcast. This is a podcast where John Sekatowski, Nick Gibson, and me, Andy Schmidt, discuss some of the hard theological and cultural topics in the Bible, bringing three different perspectives from three different generations. That's right. Three completely separate generations. I am not a millennial. John is a millennial. Sad and big of true. Um, <laughs> Nick isn't here again. Uh, a lot of you guys are praising the heavens. I'm just kidding. Nick, Nick's not here. We have Beth Flaherty Peterson. Is that right? That is right. Boom. She's back. The fans loved her. And so they were like, we need her back. And then I was like, okay, we'll get her back. So we're doing the Myers-Briggs part two podcast today. And we're going to be talking about even more deep things and confusing things in the weeds of personality tests. So we're going to, we're going to be doing that today. Um, we're going to, we're going to keep holding uh, score for how many just completely wrong things that I say in this podcast, just like the last <laughs> I, I, one. I, I re-listened to the podcast today in order to see what we had covered and what we still need to cover. And um, at the end of the last podcast, Andy was three for nine. So three for nine can improve on that score. Yeah. I, it's not looking great, but here's the thing. (laughs) This is going to be great. So, so I think to start off right out the gate, uh, I either John or, or, or Beth, either, either one of you, whoever wants to do this, want to give like a brief summary of kind of what we, talked about in the last podcast so that people and I, and if and if you're and if you haven't listened to the first one i mean you know numbers this work is gonna that get way real confusing. Go, right you you so work the first one so fast right <laughs> if you didn't listen to the first one go listen to the first one i don't even don't even think about listening to this one go listen to the first one john or yeah i'll just have john do it john give us a brief summary of what we talked about in the first one for people that are coming back because it's been a couple weeks yes so a brief summary of what we talked about in the first one is we covered um, we, we covered sort of the basic introduction to the Myers-Briggs, how there's the, the four letters, kind of the E, the E-I in the first slot, the S and the N in the second slot, the T and the F in the third slot, and the J or the P in the fourth slot. And sort of that's like the, that's a, what a lot of people, when they conceive of the Myers-Briggs, they just are like, okay, I take this test, I get four letters, and then I go read a personality thing online. And that's what the Myers-Briggs is. And um, the thing that we were talking about that was really helpful to the three of us um, when learning more about the Myers-Briggs is um, how the Myers-Briggs breaks down into cognitive functions. So the cognitive functions that we talked about are extroverted and introverted thinking, extroverted and introverted feeling, extroverted and introverted intuition, and extroverted and introverted sensing. So what these are is in those four letters, your middle two letters, 
are your perceiving function and your judging function. So the N or the S, so let's say, for example, I, I'm pretty sure I'm an ISTP, uh, Myers-Briggs type. So the S and the T, so those middle two letters, S and T, are the things that are determining my first and second place function. Um, and they're, they're showing that I prefer in my perceiving functions, I prefer sensing. And in my judging functions, I prefer thinking. Um, so those middle two letters kind of break down into the introverted and extroverted versions of each one of those. And what we talked about was how there's this thing called the stack. And you there are eight total functions that I just laid out, the introverted and extroverted of each of the perceiving and judging functions. You have four of those that you tend to prefer and you have a certain order in which you prefer them, the like an order of preference in how you engage with the world and how you engage with yourself internally. Um, and then you have four that are in your so-called shadow stack that are ones that you don't prefer to use when you're engaging with the world. Um, so that's sort of what we covered so far is that there are eight different cognitive functions. There are four that are for perceiving. There are four that are for judging. You have four of those that you prefer, one of each of those. So you have one intuitive function, you have one sensing function, one feeling function, and one thinking function in your preferred stack. And then you have each one of those in your not preferred stack, the, either the, uh, the introverted or the extroverted version, the opposite of each of those in your not preferred stack. So what we've covered, there are eight functions, there are four that you prefer, and it's really helpful to know what those are, um, both as you understand yourself and as you understand other people, and that there are different sort of valid ways of being um, that are that are like fundamentally different ways of interacting with the world. That you're like you're interacting through your personality with the world in a different kind of way, um, and so it can be really helpful to understand those things. So, I think that's that's the tip of the about. iceberg. That's just that's tip of the iceberg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go back and and listen to the first one if you haven't done that yet. And also, I just want to say again, and I'll say it at the end of the podcast. But Beth's papers that she wrote on all these things are on the Optive mm-hmm. website, OptiveNetwork.com. And those, those things slap hard. Slap's a good they thing. They slap. They slap. They slap hard. When I first for read those things. For us millennials that are on this podcast, Andy, thank you for explaining that slap is a good thing. Right. Slapping is a good thing. <laughs> that, this, these articles that she wrote, they slap hard. And when I first read those bad boys, I was like, um, I understand. I know who I am now, and I can live the rest of my life in peace. So I think that that's important for people to go back and go, and go and read those. Also, even after you listen to the podcast, um, because they can be really helpful. But John and and not Christina. Uh, sorry, Beth. You sound just like Christina. And when I was listening back to the other one, I was like, you guys literally sound the exact same, which is just crazy. Um, I'm told I sound even more like Anne. <laughs> <laughs> who's ann my our other sister oh wow three, that must so. be yeah we should do a podcast with just you three on it and see if people can figure out who is who yeah <laughs> no idea who's speaking <laughs> so i guess in this one we're gonna be talking kind of talking about how to arrange your stack right and kind of and then and then towards the end of it we're gonna be talking about what what we are and how we got to the point where we figured out what we are and honestly i don't know what i am yet um, I'm going through an identity crisis. So 
I guess despite what Andy just said about how when he read the papers, he discovered who he was, and now he is living at peace. Um, that has just all been revoked. But I well, was the papers didn't really get into the order of right. the stack, so right, that's true. That's so Beth that we have left. <laughs> Beth, do you want to explain that? You want to just start sure. with kind of getting into that? Sure. So the stack, as as John told us, it has eight functions in it in a particular order. Four are preferred and four are not preferred. Um, the top number one function at this of the stack is called the hero function. And this is the function that is most natural and it, where you feel most at home when you're using it or kind of in it. So for me, I'm an INTP and my first preferred function is introverted thinking. And if you remember a little bit about introverted thinking from our previous podcast, this is kind of the mentality that wants to analyze the experience and figure out how things make sense to me. So for the hero function, this is what you use dominantly to tackle most problems. This is where you are, where you're comfortable, your wheelhouse. So that's the hero function. Second function is called the parent function. And this function is most important for your own personal growth. And you tend to think that it's a function that everybody else also needs. So you use it to parent yourself and to parent other people. As an INTP, my parent function is extroverted intuition. Um, so extroverted intuition is about kind of perceiving new possibilities, um, trying out other perspectives. It's a really creative function. So for me, how this tends to work out uh, for me expressing this function as a parent is I'm always trying to get people to see things from other points of view. I'm, all, I'm kind of a devil's advocate, always kind of pressing against other people's opinions, being like, well, but have you considered this other possibility? And so I, um, I tend to try to help other people grow in that area. So third... Uh, after the parent yeah, comes see, the you, child function. This, Sorry, go ahead. Saying this, I am, I am. So we we were discussing before this. There there is some some debate within my with my own mind whether I'm an ISTP or an ESTP. Mm -hmm. As you're speaking, I'm now leaning again towards ESTP. But continue. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so third is the child function. This function is one that we tend to be less mature in. It's still in our positive range, so we still have it. We use it sometimes, but we may not feel totally competent in it or care about it that much. Um, so for me, my child function is introverted sensing, and this is the function that cares a lot about social norms and what is expected or appropriate on a given uh, on a given occasion. Um, it's kind of looking to create experiences that are congruent with the past and with e your expectations. So mm -hmm. as um, someone who prefers extroverted intuition, I'm more, I like being outside of the box and I don't care that much about norms. However, <laughs> um, 
I can, I do sometimes feel like I should be better at norms or there's kind of this just kind of immature relationship with social norms where I do feel like I want to grow in them sometimes. And sometimes they're important, but sometimes I really don't care about them at all. So that's kind you of explain a, these. These are the weird kids in high school, right? The ends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people who have introverted sensing higher as their first or second function are your most normal people uh yeah and yeah and they're they'll tend to be like very put together and very yeah the the, really the the best word to describe it is normal like they're very they're very normal seeming they're normal they care about being normal um normal is good for them and they also tend to like expect other people to also be normal and follow the rules john do (laughs) you remember for, for example, Andy, I think you're, I don't think you're weird in the way that an N is weird, but I do think you're not normal in that you don't have introverted sensing as one of your high things. Well, I was just going to bring up, I think me, you and Spencer and Christina went to, to, to do Frisbee golf. Mm-hmm. And while we were, we were on the last hole. And we started talking about how messy my car was or something. Do you remember this, John? Oh, yeah, I do remember and, and And Spencer and John, is, and, and they both started telling me. I don't even know what they started they, for specifics, but like how like my my dirty car and my dirty bedroom is like means that I have like a like everything's cluttered in my mind. I, it was something. And I, and I think I absolutely just went crazy on them. I got so that mad. Was true. Yeah, that was true. And I want to, I want to like, I kind of want to ask this because it's like when you have people listen to this and you're like, these are the normal people. Okay. I know that that, that normal, like societal, like society thinks they're normal, but that's not a good thing. But you can tell that they're weird in their own way sometimes sure <laughs> no like i'm i know that i'm weird yeah. but is that like is that so i think that that it's no, good I to mean, differentiate I mean, between whether it's bad or whether it's good because sure because these are right. personality types and like it's like it's like people being like oh you're not like everybody else like that's a good thing sometimes sometimes it's a bad thing sometimes, oh absolutely right. totally. and so i kind of think, think that ends tend to think of being normal as being a bad thing as being like oh you're just yeah. average or a dime a dozen whereas for like an sj who has the introverted sensing they're like oh being normal is important and good well i do think like, that there's I mean, a legitimate argument like, so so for example like sj's that combo sj is one of the most so ends make up about 25 percent of the population s's make up about 75 percent of the population and I can't remember if the SJ, I think the SJ pairing is a, is a higher percentage within the S's than the SP pairing, but I don't. I believe it is. Um, so yeah. SJs are like the most common type and, and SJs are the kind of people that like keep things running that they like, they do the tasks day in, day out. They like do the thing that's expected. And so like the world would be a bad place without people who have introverted sensing. Now, right, the negative of that is if you only have people with introverted sensing, you will also have a very stagnant place that won't do any new things. Um, they won't have so, anything to run because the people who create the well, things to run. Have, they'll just have the... whatever they have. like <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they started with. <laughs> whatever they started with is what they will continue to have. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So I think 
right. There's positive and negatives, positives and negatives with all of these. Like you can't have, yeah. like to a degree, you can't have the majority of people be not normal. Like you, you need the majority of people to be normal in order for things to like not be utter chaos. But you also need some non-normal people in order to like introduce new ideas and like push for push for progress. So I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but I just have a real quick question. Well, not it's not going to be quick, but I'm going to ask it. And you guys can decide on whether we want to go into this or not. But so so my issue with this is like people who are quote unquote normal, they they to me being normal affects all parts of your life, how you dress, how you talk, how you think, how you act. And to me that's not good. Like being a Christian, that's not good. Because I think like being part, being a believer and becoming more like Christ means that you are like thinking differently from other people. And so sure. could it be that those people are just further behind and naturally? <laughs> well, I would push against that uh, because advocate right here. being here normal <laughs> is, is for an SJ is very specific to the subculture that you belong to. So if you're an SJ and you're a believer, you care about being normal in the ways that uh, that are appropriate to a Christian. Whereas if you're an SJ and you're an unbeliever, then you care about being normal in the ways that are um, that are normal to the world. So I would say that it it very much depends. It doesn't necessarily give you an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, depending on what your norms are. I mean, honestly, honestly, some of the people, some of the people I tend to, some of the people I tend to like most look up to in, in their walk with God tend to be SJs because they are so steady. Like I, I mean, like there's a, there's a guy named Jim Walker. who's a good friend of mine. uh, And he, he's in his, I think he's in his late, late fifties, maybe early. I think he's late fifties. I probably shouldn't say early sixties just so that in case he ever hears this. Um, uh, but he, he literally, after he, be, he became a Christian in college, he picked up a Bible and he's owned the same Bible since the first day that he got it. And he has not a single day of his life. He has not, not read the Bible, not one day for the past, like 35 years. He has read the Bible every single day. And that's amazing. And that, and he like does a lot of evangelism. He prays for people all the time. Like he lives a very radical lifestyle and it's because he, he is maximizing his, he's an ESTJ and he is maximizing his introverted sensing that is saying like, I'm going, I'm going to remain disciplined with doing these things. And that's really useful. Is it what translation? <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what trans- is Dude, it the message or something? It's the NASB. It's the NASB. Okay. Man. So it's, okay. it's a real translation. So he's living, this guy is legit. He's living yeah, his best I, life. Okay. I, the reason why I was asking those questions is just because I think sometimes for the people who are not normal, and that's who, who I am, it is sometimes in, in the Christian world, it's sometimes like easy to dismiss those people. And I think like totally. part of what's helpful about the uh, Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram is understanding that like, that God, like, like we've kind of created these little, little things that help us understand totally. that God made people differently. And like, I think that that'll be helpful for people to think about when thinking about the, the Enneagrams and the, and the Myers-Briggs 
to yeah. like all these different peoples are part of God's church and they're not all going to look like you. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though it sometimes, it sometimes pisses me off that people are all normal. Like I want people I think, to stop I mean, being normal. I think it's, it's, it's very important to be like, listen, the normal people need the non-normal people and the non-normal yeah. people need the normal people. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's important to not, to not disparage one I mean, like, or the other. Like, John needs me, and that's it. <laughs> I'm just I need, I, I need, need a remarkably non-normal friend. That's right. That's fact. Absolutely, and yeah, and that's a good thing to bring up. I find that in my life, I am mostly surrounded by ends, so it's important to explain to them that SJs find normal to be a good thing. But it's true that there are actually more S's in the world, so. So it it's also important to point out that ends find not being normal to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I cut you ways. off. I yeah. cut you off like 10 minutes ago, Beth, um, sure. on where you were going with that. But you can, if you want yeah. to go right back to, get back into that. to introverted yeah. sensing, um, which sent it down an SJ bunny trail, because if you are an SJ, it means you have introverted sensing in one of your first two slots. So this is a function, again, that cares about being normal. And for me, it's my child function. So I don't prefer it as much as I prefer intuition. But because I have it as my child, I am aware that I am weird and that sometimes social norms are a little beyond my grasp. And sometimes I feel like I should be better at that. And other times I'm just kind of arbitrary in how much I choose to care about introverted sensing things. For example, like at my wedding, I decided, well, I didn't want to have any men stand up on my side because that just wouldn't be right because that's a norm that I've chosen to care about. And it's kind of arbitrary because it's my child function. So, But you had a dog as your ring bearer, so. Well, that seemed less important to me right <laughs> it was it's a norm i didn't no. care about so i was, I was a arbitrary. ring bearer so i was a yeah. ring bearer at one point so that's that's offensive <laughs> um. uh yeah so the child function and then the inferior function is in that fourth slot um this function is the one that carries the promise of personal wholeness so it's a very exciting function that feels very important it's going to be the exact opposite of your hero function so my hero function is introverted thinking and that means my inferior function is introverted feeling or no sorry extroverted feeling (laughs) so um yeah so like for me my my hero function is extroverted sensing so my inferior function is introverted intuition. Right. So this is the function. It, it kind of carries the promise of personal wholeness because if you get it, then you have somehow completed yourself. Um, so for me, for introverted thinking, being my hero, that cares about analyzing things, making sense of things. And then extroverted feeling, being my inferior, that cares about sharing emotions and values um with other people and kind of um it's a bridge to the outside world it's uh, people who have this higher in their stack tend to be the life of the party um but for me kind of the path to personal wholeness is 
combining my hero and my inferior. So it's kind of like taking my ideas and very analytical, precise things and then sharing them in a way that excites and energizes other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's mm-hmm. one way to look at it. Another thing that's important to know about the inferior function is that it feels very slippery and it can lead to feelings of insecurity or unbalance if you're in it. So I will sometimes, especially when I was a little bit younger, will really want to be the life of the party. And I'll have moments where I feel like I'm really engaging with other people in a way that's meaningful. And I'll be afraid to like end that moment or leave that space because I feel like I'll never get back to that. Um, And so, and then also just if you chase it too much or if you don't realize that it's not your preferred function, it can lead to tremendous feelings of inadequacy because... Mm -hmm it's not comfortable and it's not easy and it's hard to get there. And um, so it can definitely lead to feelings like you're not as good at it as you would like to be. That's interesting that you say that you would like get into those situations and you didn't want to leave them. Right. Like I felt a lot of times where I get into those situations and I like get bored of them or not get bored of them, but like, I want to go, I want to go. Like that happens all the time. So I just want to get out. Like it's, it gets, it gets annoying after a while. You know what I mean? It's just interesting that somebody, I've never heard anybody verbalize it the way that you just did from the opposite perspective, you know? Cause like I, there's always those kids in, in like high school and in school that you know, that like are trying very hard to like be like, I'm like, you know what I, you guys know what I'm talking They're trying very hard to be like, the center of attention or like to be the life of the party. And you're just like, you aren't that person. <laughs> like you're just not. So it's yeah, interesting. That's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but like, that's it. But it's like, I don't know. I just have never heard anybody actually verbalize that before. So that's, I, it just like clicked right there with me. And I was like, Oh wow. Like people actually think about that. I always wondered if people thought like about that. Cause I was like, some of these kids shouldn't be trying to be the life of the party. You know, they should ju- just stop talking. So <laughs> it, it, was, it was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead. I just thought that was interesting that you said that. So. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the other thing that's interesting about the inferior function is that um, because it's so slippery and so seductive, it can lead to, um, it can definitely lead to a lack of kind of integrity or balance if you use it too much. So one of the ways this manifests for me uh, with an extroverted feeling inferior is that uh, if people ask me a leading question, I will, I will give them the answer that they have led me to unless I really stop and think about it, (laughs) especially if I'm in a social situation with someone I don't know very well. Like I care about being on that same emotional page. So sometimes if they ask me a leading question, I will just lie and not even (laughs) think about it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So um, how do you combat that? How do you, do you have to like actively think then of, you know, you know what I mean? Like, cause there's, it's easy for people to also take to manipulate those situations too, then to take advantage of those situations to get everybody on the same page. You know what I mean? 
Because there's a lot of people that I know, like, I would do that in five seconds. If I knew that people were just going to lie to make sure that everybody was on the uh, same emotional page, I would absolutely pressure them into doing that to, to make sure that I could bulldoze my way into what I wanted, you know? Well, for me, and I think this is probably true of a lot of ITPs, it's not something that will get you to get me to do something or to go against my principles or or um mm-hmm. it's just a really it will only work on a really shallow level if i just want to maintain the illusion of harmony in the moment okay. so so i was uh, thinking about example, like politics yeah how okay yeah go ahead what's your example oh yeah like one time a doctor asked asked me about my my exercise habits and I told her that I ride bikes and she was like, and you always wear a helmet, right? And I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, whoa, not only do I never wear a helmet, but like I wouldn't even, <laughs> even if I could. <laughs> so it would be more like that kind of a thing, but it wouldn't okay. be something that would get me to change my vote or anything that I actually cared and okay. thought about. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, so did you just broke down the, the stack. Yeah. Well, yes. So that's the that's the top half of the stack. The top half of the stack. Right. Um, so is that? Could, a, yeah. Yeah. We, we could explore that further, or we could go into the next half. Whatever you prefer. Let's do Let's do the top half, and then the bottom half, and then we'll kind of break them both down. Because at the end, I want to play a little a little game that I thought of. So so mm-hmm. we'll do we'll do the top half, and we'll do the bottom half. So if if either I don't know if you want to explain the bottom half, Beth, you can. If John wants to explain it, you can. Whatever you I do not. Do. I, do, I do not know the bottom half, so I should not. I'll keep oh, going. <laughs> great. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Be so helpful for then... me. I know that the next one is called the opponent, and that's it. And maybe I'm wrong yep. on that. So then we get into the shadow functions. They are sometimes called. Um, also, the ego dystonic range of functions. <laughs> so these are the functions so, that. Actually, maybe... Maybe a brief pause here because we're getting into a lot sure. of the like we're getting into a lot of like the order of these things. Um, so where like if you have no idea what your order is, then it's not going to matter like the particular slot. So I just want to briefly break down um, the <laughs> like how to determine your order. Um, okay. So so for so because Beth is going through and she's like, okay, I'm in I'm an INTP, so that means I have this thing i have introverted thinking first i have extroverted intuition second etc etc here's just very briefly well briefly ish how that breaks down so you got your four letters right and so and the the way we've the way we've gotten our four letters is we have looked at the different cognitive functions and we have decided okay these are this is the number one judging function i use this is the number one perceiving function i use and you can kind of determine from there um, what your order is so for me, I'm pretty sure I'm an ESTP. I might be an ISTP, not positive, pretty sure I'm an ESTP. So what that means is that when I was going through and I was looking at the cognitive functions, the things that were that jumped out to me the most were introverted thinking and extroverted sensing, that these are totally ways I engage with the world all the time, especially I looked at, as, as I like, I looked at my history, I was like, okay, extroverted sensing, like I love driving power sports and like, I love doing extreme things. And I like love playing sports and it like, that like does something for me and introverted thinking, like I love thinking about stuff and like, I love getting people to think about stuff and 
Um, like I like using my mind in that way. So it's like, okay, these are, these are two that kind of stick out to me the most. Based on that, um, I'm able to determine my letters ESTP because of the order of those two. So extroverted sensing is my top one, is my strongest one. And, and generally you can, I mean, the way to determine introversion and extroversion, that first one, you can sort of like, um, you can sort of like look at your orientation towards the outer world and be like, yeah, I, I tend to be extroverted. I tend to be introverted and kind of base it off of that. Um, or you can base it off of your inferior function, which that is a little confusing, but, um, to start with, you could try by just being like, okay, do I seem extroverted or do I seem introverted? And then we'll lay out the stack, try that on for size and see if it fits. Um, so I seem more extroverted probably. Um, which would put my extroverted function first. So extroverted sensing, introverted thinking. Extroverted sensing goes first. So it goes in the hero function slot. Introverted thinking goes in the second slot, the parent, functions, the parent function slot. Then your child function is the opposite of your parent function. So your third slot is the opposite of your second slot. So what that means okay. is since introverted thinking is in my second slot, extroverted feeling would be in my third slot. And then similarly, my inferior function is the opposite of my hero function. Hero. So my hero function is extroverted sensing. So my inferior function would be introverted intuition. So it's the opposite perceiving function and it's the opposite um, extroversion versus introversion. And so that's how you get your top stack. Then how you get your bottom stack, once you have those four laid out, um, is you then take that whole stack, move it down four, and then switch introversion or no yep you, you flip you just move it down and then switch it so okay. introverted sensing would in theory be my opponent mm -hmm. okay great yeah so you take that whole top stack the top stack of four so mine is extroverted sensing introverted thinking extroverted feeling introverted intuition slide it down four slots and then change introverted or extroverted on each one so then my okay. shadow stack would be introverted sensing extroverted thinking introverted feeling extroverted intuition um and that so you suck at extroverted intuition that you just you suck at that right that's your worst one right they're they're all right like like your 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 fourth that and is, fifth one are like yeah pretty that's, close. that's like the worst one slash like also the one that like i hate when i see other people tend to be the one i i will hate when i see other people using it that Dude, one is called that is called the, that one is called the so or that is the so-called demon function um, so all that to say, how you determine from your letters, what those spots are. So that's, that's, if you just have the functions and you're putting them out. Okay. It's like, okay, great. I've had these functions. I've decided my stack, but how, how the heck do I know what my functions are? Or how do I, how do I know what my letters are? Your letters, how those work. And this is going to be a little confusing when I can't like use my hands to show you what I mean. Um, but so you've got your four letters, right? You've got the E or I, you've got the N or S, you've got the T or F, and you've got the P or J. Let's start with my letters, E, S, T, P. How you determine what order those are in is the P at the end says that I'm going to have a perceiving function as my hero function. And no. the E, that's true, Perceiving right? function is your extroverted Is my extroverted function. one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So sorry. This, uh, the, the fourth, yes. Yeah. So the P 
says that my perceiving function is going to be my extroverted function. If it was a J, that would mean my judging function would be my extroverted function. And then the E or the I at the beginning says of those first two functions that you have, which one is going to go first, the extroverted one or the introverted one. So I know from my letters that I have the P and S means that I have extroverted sensing because I have that pairing. And then I also have a T and I have an E. So I have an E, so, so I'm gonna have an extroverted, or an extroverted perceive, or you're gonna have, so sorry, let me, let me slow myself down. You're going to have a perceiving function and a judging function in your top two. One of them will be extroverted, one of them will be introverted. Since we've determined from my SP that my sensing mm -hmm. is my extroverted function, that means thinking is going to be my introverted function. Then since I have the E at the front of all this, that means the extroverted sensing function goes in the hero function slot and introverted thinking goes in the parent function slot. If I was, for example, an ISTP, that would mean still that my perceiving function is my extroverted function. So it would still mean that I have extroverted sensing and introverted thinking, but introverted thinking would go first since I was an I. STP and extroverted sensing would go second. That's that. There we, there we go. <laughs> that was that was great. Okay. So now so now can we go into the bottom stack? Yeah, sure. Beth, so, give us the bottom stack. Yeah. yeah, so you mentioned earlier that these are the ones that you're really bad at, but I actually think that's not the right way to think about the shadow functions because these are things you just don't do and don't have under normal circumstances. So your top four, the lower ones are ones that you're worse at, but these are ones that you just don't care about at all or do <laughs> typically. So the, the first Can I ask one, a quick question yeah, before ahead. you go. Um, so, okay. So with what you just said, these are kind of the things that you don't really care about. Is that bad or, or is that like, okay. So I, I'm trying to think of this as like, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to be like a very well-rounded person, then are these things that I should try to grow in? Or are these things that are just like not like not something that I should really waste my time on because I'm not really. Yeah, like that? I think that it, it's I think what's important is to learn how to value them in other people, um, but not necessarily to develop them for yourself, because. Really, okay. anything that you can do with the functions you don't have is something that you can also do with the functions that you do have, and it just makes more sense to work from your strengths. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So cool. that being said, the first one is called the opponent function. Um, as John told us, it's the, it's the opposite, introverted or extroverted, of your hero function. So I'm INTP. My hero is introverted thinking. My opponent is extroverted thinking. So this function is something that when you see it in other people, uh, you kind of feel like it's your opponent and you're working against it. So extroverted thinking is the perspective that wants to organize the experience. It wants to be clear and, or yeah, it wants to be clear and efficient and it wants to get everybody on the same page about logical things and technical things. Introverted thinking cares more about accuracy and precision 
than about being on the same page and being efficient. So a lot of times this will manifest for me when like extroverted thinkers lay out like a plan or a principle or the agenda. I'm always like, but what about this exception? What you have said doesn't address this or it's not accurate because you've missed these nuances and um, so that can be how these two functions uh, work as opponents. Could you give us a, could you give an example from your life, maybe with, with your sister of a way that this <laughs> has played out? So, so an example with my sister would be one time we were giving a, we were giving a presentation on the Myers-Briggs. Because extroverted and thinking is her hero function. Yes, is her hero. So we often conflict in this area. But so we wanted to give this information to people. And I think I, at one point in the presentation, got into some kind of nuance uh, where I was trying to be precise and accurate that wasn't quite uh, clear or efficient. And she tried to like, and she like stopped me and rephrased it in a more clear, efficient way. And I was like, well, that's not entirely accurate, but okay. So that's just like an example of a conflict there. Um, <laughs> Dude, I could just think of times in my life where like somebody does that and then I try to do, do what she tried to do. And then they'll be like, well, not exactly. And I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to help you here, okay? Like I'm trying to help you not look like an idiot right now. Like please, please give me some credit. So that's funny. I like that story. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I said that you don't typically use or care about these things. However, there are exceptions. Um, the opponent function is something that you might start trying to use if you just feel like you have failed at solving a problem with your hero function and there's no way forward. And then you might resort to your opponent function. So, mm. um, for example, if oh, that's really I'm trying to work out some kind of, a, this is very rare and to hopefully using these functions will be pretty rare in your life. But if I'm trying to work something out in my mind and like do some assignment or write a paper and just gain clarity and it's just not working, I might suddenly decide to clean everything or do <laughs> just knock out a list of chores, which is typically what extroverted thinking is good at. It's good at like getting stuff done. And so that that might be one of those times when I'm inspired to do something like that. Hmm. This is this is really interesting to me because I've talked about I mean, I've talked with Andy about this before. And you can check out the testimony podcast from a couple of podcasts ago and you can learn more about this. But um, I went it's through literally. This, yeah, I went through this it's, stretch of time in my life where I I got like super caught up in the in like the Calvinist Arminius Arminian debate and got got like messed up by it and couldn't figure it out and my way out was by like i was like i just need to do the simple things like i just need to read my bible i need to worship and i need to like just not think about this as much so like in some ways that could be seen as i was using introverted sensing in order to solve this problem of like i'm just gonna do i'm just gonna follow the norms even without necessarily knowing what's happening and that's 
that was what was required to kind of get me out of it. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the opponent. Next comes the negative parent or the witch function. So <laughs> I like that. This is going to be the opposite attitude of your parent. So my parent is extroverted intuition. My negative parent is introverted intuition. So how this is going to manifest is that when other people use this function, you sense it to be critical and threatening and you don't like it and you resist mm -hmm. it. Um, so the, <laughs> this is, the this introverted, is very interesting. <laughs> so the extroverted intuition function again cares about seeing things from multiple perspectives, considering all the possibilities being creative. Introverted intuition likes to instead look at reality and discern like the root cause or the single solution to whatever it, whatever the problem may be. So my dad has introverted intuition as his parent function and this means that he's pretty good at like counseling people getting a sense of their life and oh this is this is what you should do and this is the main idea but the the problem from an extroverted and intuitive perspective is that there's only one solution there's only one possibility and that feels threatening and limiting and unfair and untrue in some for tom some circumstances. right you're saying like he'll only give you like one thing correct pat this would be my dad is pastor tom flaherty okay we'll just jump right back into it we had a little bit of technical difficulties john is a boomer doesn't know how to use a laptop um so i was just gonna ask a question um Beth, so I, I have a roommate who, so you were talking about how your dad will give it, he's really good at giving advice, but he'll give advice that's only like one, like one thing, right? And sometimes Oh, Andy, this is so interesting because, because the guy who you're talking about, his, his um, hero function is extroverted feeling and your witch function is extroverted feeling. That's my okay. Wait, we'll talk about that in a second. Before before my head explodes, let let's talk about one thing yeah. one thing at a time. Um, so so that's so I have a roommate who I we often get into arguments because he's like, I want to look at everything from every side and every angle, and I want to be in the middle of everything, and I want to be like the the moderate right, person. Stop using sorry. Stop using his voice like that. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I've gone through it too much living here. Okay. Anyways, here's what I'm trying to say about that. How, in what world, and in what way is that helpful to anything? So this, th like, how is that helpful? Like, in what ways could that be actually useful? Because it feels like people who have kind of like, I'm going to do it this way and we're going to get it done. They get things done. Whereas people who want to, to want to have, be like, have an idea for everything and kind of ha not make any stances on anything to me, those kind of seem like shallow people. And so okay, I don't know. Is, is there an explanation for that? Well, or, I mean, it's all what? a question of like, what is the goal? I mean, if there is a clear cut goal and you want to move forward on something, extroverted intuition can definitely be distracting. However, it's very good at like catching um, troubleshooting and catching, 
other possibilities and looking at things from other angles. Lots of creative breakthroughs come that way. Mm -hmm. Lots of re, um, just lots of groundbreaking scientific stuff comes from somebody looking at it from a completely different angle than what everybody else has already been doing. Um, like lots of lots of groundbreaking scientific stuff comes specifically from INTPs because they're mixing together introverted thinking with extroverted intuition. Radical so they're like, new okay, ways of here's all these possibilities. Um, right here's the, all these possible brand new ways of exploring things, and now I'm gonna think deeply about it and like see if I can find a way to make it logically consistent. Like that's where I mean that's where some of the most brilliant ideas come from. So there is like there is a a posture of being of being like okay I'm going to I'm going to sort of perceive and like perceive a lot before making a decision that can that can be really helpful. Now, it can be too slow for certain other applications. Like if you're yeah. if you're like a soldier, like you don't want to just be sitting there perceiving <laughs> perceiving perceiving. It's like no, you got to act, you got to fight, you got to whatever. Um yeah. but I feel uh, like my question was a was a little bit different it's hard for me to verbalize so i so i i guess we could just move on from it but like i understand how that can be useful mm -hmm. to where like as a scientist or something or like where you're like looking at things but i feel like i do that in some aspects with the church so that's not really what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about more about people who just like want so badly to be moderate and and i'm using that word like it's kind of a political word now but just moderate in everything being in the middle of everything so that they yeah. don't have to make a stance on anything and that might be different than what well what, you know, no right. that, i mean i yeah. i think there's there's definitely uh a relationship i think extroverted intuitors as one i i will say this is true for me like we are just very skeptical of the certainty that other people have on issues that are complicated that seem to us to obviously have multiple possibilities or multiple ways of looking at it and so when we see somebody who's just like locked into a an exact world view right. with an exact principle on everything we just can't help but think that they're missing the bigger picture. Like they can't really see the whole thing and they can't really yeah. relate with people who aren't like them because they haven't taken the time to, to actually consider um, where their certainty is coming from and to be a little more skeptical of that. So what was that like with your dad then? Cause you think that way, but then he kind of is like the opposite. Was that like, Oh, hard right. To sure. So, so to, to give, to give like an example with, with my dad and me feeling like this is a negative parent um, style was uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I told him that I wanted to join the basketball team. And he was like, don't do that. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be terrible. All these girls have been playing this sport for years. You're going to sit on the bench all season and it'll just be a disaster. Don't do it. And I was just like, but, but what if I try really hard? What if I don't care if I sit on the bench? Like it can still be a positive experience for me to go out there and do something new. And I just felt, felt very shut down and threatened. Uh, and I did join the basketball <laughs> team and I did sit on the bench all season and I was terrible. No, you averaged 35 <laughs> points a game and led your team to the championship. <laughs> uh, yeah, and in a lot of ways, it was a very stressful experience. But at the end of the day, like I didn't I don't regret that I did that because it was something that I wanted to try. 
for myself. And so I felt very shut down (laughs) by that parenting style. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So you were, you didn't finish the bottom stack. So yeah, you want to continue. You covered opponent and the witch. Yes. So after the negative parent slash, Oh, I, so can you can you just yeah. re can you just re give like a one sentence thing on the opponent and the witch? Sure. So the opponent is the one that you feel like you're fighting against generally in life, but you might start to use if you feel like you can't solve a problem with your normal function. Mm-hmm. But that should be rare. And the the witch is one that you feel is critical and limiting when you see it in other people. And mm-hmm. so you resent it and you find it hurtful. Um, uh, how, and I didn't say this, but the witch is a function that you might use <clears throat> if you feel like your child's function is being threatened and is under attack. And you will use the witch function to lash out at people and protect yourself Mm. so this um so with my negative parent being the introverted intuition i generally see things from many points of view um and many different possibilities and i don't necessarily see something and think oh here's the root cause however uh this this came out a few times with my sisters growing up because my child is introverted sensing so i'm not very good at at norms or what's expected and sometimes i would feel i would feel threatened by their expectations in that arena if they were telling me that i'm supposed to be better at something or supposed to do something more um and then i would suddenly have this like clarity about their own flaws that i would then just harshly tell them in in an effort to just to lash out and defend myself. Andy loves it. I like how she said like she suddenly has these like like they suddenly come to her and now she can sudden clarity. Just, this is just destroy voice. them. Yeah. That is so funny. So, <laughs> it's like I could just imagine so, that yeah. happening. <laughs> Like not relevant. None of these things are relevant until that second, and then you get that clarity, well, and you're like, "All right, your I'm going to destroy these people." Criticism of me is actually coming from this flaw in yourself. So that, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sort yeah, that makes thing. sense. Uh, yeah. So that's the negative parent, and then after the negative parent comes the negative child, or the trickster function. So mm. this. Um, this one is a little tricky to understand, but oh, <laughs> little tricky. The trickster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The trickster. So the my Andy just put that together. <laughs> I did not. I did not get that until she said the trickster the second time. That is big. That's huge. Wow. That's so this tends to be this is the tricky trickster. a function that you are the least invested in you have the least reaction to uh kind of typically in life when other people are using it um uh and you however you kind of feel suspicious of it like people are just kind of using it to trick you sometimes so for me my my child function is introverted sensing so my trickster function is extroverted sensing 
And this is kind of the, the hedonistic function, the function that's great at sports and just being in the moment. Um, so this function, when I see it in other people, it doesn't offend me. Uh, <laughs> I don't share it, but <laughs> typically it's it's pretty neutral. But um, theoretically, and I don't know how much I relate to this, but theoretically this would be a function where if you feel like people are there may be some situations where you feel like people aren't being totally honest when they use it or like, well, how can you really just mm. be genuinely in the moment? What's, what's your agenda here? Um, I don't understand. Mm. Will be the typical kind of response if you feel like you're being tricked. Um, however, you might resort to this function if you feel like you are trapped and you need to, I'm to, uh, it's been a long time since I've read about this, but if you're like in a double bind where you feel like you need to escape, you might try to escape with this function. So for extroverted sensing, like I'm not normally in the moment. I don't typically think that way, but I might suddenly do this. I might suddenly just start caring about the present and being in the present if I feel trapped in whatever sense. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah. this is, yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah. Um, an easier way to, to think about this would be if the child function is extroverted sensing and the negative child is introverted sensing. So, norms and tradition something you don't typically care about this would be for anyone who has the enxj stack would have introverted sensing as their trickster function so they don't typically care about what's normal or tradition or norms however if they feel like they're suddenly being trapped they might just double down on insistence of social norms <laughs> Um, mm. as just kind of an escape from the whatever is trapping them. And I feel like maybe this isn't, it's not right to say this, but I feel like we see this a little bit in Paul when he's writing the New Testament. So there's, there's a theory out there that Paul mm. is an ENTJ. And there's this one passage where he's talking about women in the church. And there's just this one line where he's like, if anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. And so that just kind of seems like just, I'm just, I'm tired of arguing with you people. This is the norm. Follow it. <laughs> so that's kind of, yeah. That's interesting. Like, that's an interesting concept. That is to an think interesting about, concept. Do, do people's personalities, do the authors of scripture's personalities play a role in the sig in the significance because in first timothy it says like all scripture is god breathed mm -hmm. and then and it's like okay so we understand it's from god but it was written by humans right. and so like sometimes when i think about the 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 uh the authors of scripture writing scripture i think of them like you know like whatever like closing their eyes and just like god writing through them like it's not actually mm -hmm. them doing it's just god writing through them you know and it's interesting that you say that because like if that's the case, then that would mean that like, that might even mean that we would need to look at scripture, try to look at scripture through an, even in, in another lens or like try to look at, try to figure some of these other mm -hmm. things out, you know, 
That's just like so interesting. I never even thought yeah, about that. Yeah, I, like, I had not never... thought about that until you just said that too. That's that's really interesting to think of. Yeah, to think of the that's way crazy. That God's I mean, right, we always say God's word, it's I mean, God inspired and like right. but mediated through people, right? And but yeah, it's mediated through specific people and specific personalities and maybe even specific Myers Briggs personalities, you know? And well yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really interesting. Paul took the Myers Briggs <laughs> test. Yeah, he took, he took the test. Came up ENTJ. <laughs> he took That's it on the computer really back then. That's really interesting. That is super cool. We could, I feel like we could do an entire podcast just on like the the scriptures and who wrote yeah. them and how they wrote them. Anyways, that's yeah. a different idea. But yeah, continue. Yeah. So back. that is the trickster function, and then the last function is called the demon function, and it tends to be the function where it's not that that you always think that this function is evil when you see it in other people but when you see evil in the world it's usually this function (laughs) so so um for me my hero function is introverted oh i should i should say it for consistency no my inferior function is extroverted feeling so my my um, demon function is introverted feeling. And this function is also kind of, it's, it's also a conflict with your hero function, which can be in some ways more important because they're trying to organize the same space by completely different principles. So my hero function is introverted thinking. My demon is introverted feeling. I'm trying to organize my thoughts and values and judgments based on what makes sense and is logical. And a lot of times I will see in other people them coming back at me with feelings of like, well, that's just not good or desirable or valuable and so and that feels evil (laughs) to me because it's like um in some ways just rejecting the importance of logic and truth and what makes sense in favor Mm -hmm. of this kind of arbitrary personal standard that i don't share and that they feel like i should share without them enforcing it on me like that i should have my own thing that's just like theirs in terms of and this is born and true yeah this is interesting andy if if we think of you as an esfp this don't don't do it yet don't do it yet john (laughs) don't go there don't go don't i I, promise you i promise you i just really quickly i mean you were just talking about the extroverted intuition how can that be good extroverted intuition would be your demon function. <laughs> I I listen when I'm listening to her say that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly what's wrong with the world right now. Right. Like exactly what's wrong with the world. So yes, let's talk about that after she she's done cuz I have something I sure. want to try after, right. after Um and the other way in which the inferior function is evil is because it's the opposite of your inferior and my inferior is extroverted feeling it wants to share emotions and values with people get on the same space be in harmony together have the same emotional energy and introverted feeling specifically does not want to do that and is kind of suspicious of that and just has their own separate values and principles that they that they want to be authentic to and so this feels kind of like um 
it, it can feel selfish to the extroverted feeler who's like, why aren't you sharing this emotional energy? Why are you so like on your own page? Why don't you care about feeling together? Um, so that's, that's the demon function. And you might sometimes resort to your demon function in situations in which you feel like your bridge from your hero function to your inferior function has been cut off and you cannot get there. You cannot find that completion. So for me, as an introverted thinker, seeking the extroverted feeling completion, if I feel like I can't get there, that's when I get intense and personal and authentic about my own feelings and values. Um, and that tends to be when I write my darkest poetry <laughs> in my darkest hours. Do you feel, do you feel like gross when you do that? Like I'm thinking about myself and I'm like, if I ever have to use my demon thing, which is a good name for it. Um, I, I, I feel like yucky. I feel like gross if I ever have to do that. Cause I'm like, I'm doing the very thing that I hate. You know what I mean? Um, I, I hear what you're saying. It doesn't feel that way to me because in that moment I am so broken that I don't feel like okay. I'm not even aware that it's something that I normally don't care about. It's just something that I suddenly care about and, and do. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, so you just explained the bottom stack. Uh, yeah. Oh, and to your point of feeling yucky, I would say that I would feel that more with my negative parent because <laughs> that's when you're okay. lashing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so I want to try something, guys. All so right. We're, we're, All right. What are we I'm, I'm hyped for this. I'm hyped for this. Okay. I'm hyped for whatever you So do. this is the two podcasts. This is this is the second the second podcast. I want to try to bring everything that we've done. I want to try to bring it together and let's put it to the test. Boom. Okay. I don't know exactly what I am. Boom. We've, we've had some discussions. And so for somebody listening to this, it might be helpful if, if we can go through with me, Boom. you guys asking me questions that people should ask themselves when they're trying to figure this stuff out. And then let's put together what I am, my top stack and my bottom stack. Do you think we could do that? Let's give it Dude, a shot. Let's do it. I mean, I wonder how much more time this will take, but we'll give it. We'll give it a shot. We'll try to go fast. Let's do it. I I don't care if it takes if it takes a decent amount of time because I first off I'm so sick of not knowing what I am. Every right. week John changes it. No, <laughs> I've is... been on ESFP for yeah, a while. Yeah, that's what he said about you for as long as I've known him. Okay, okay, Boom. sure, but but it just feel Boom. it feels like I don't know who I am. Right. And also well, sometimes when John tells me disagree. who I am, I don't want to be that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be that one. So now that we have two people coming at it from from two different angles, you guys. So this is for for the person that's listening to oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I say one more thing about the bottom stack before we yeah. move on? I forgot to tell Go you ahead. this. Um, but if you can learn to incorporate the the shadow functions into your stack, they each carry a different a promise. Okay, so if you can learn how to incorporate your opponent function, it can be a source of great strength. So if you can, as an INTP, this would be me when I'm not able to solve my problems with introverted thinking. Sometimes I go to extroverted thinking. And if I could be able to do that in a way that was harmonious with my being, it could be a source of great strength. 
Um, if you can incorporate the negative parent, it can be a source of great wisdom. And if you can incorporate the trickster or the negative child, it can be a source of humor. And if you can incorporate the demon, that is when you have attained transcendence. Okay, that's it. This great. Oh man, this is this this is very interesting. It's very interesting. The bottom stack. Very interesting. I gotta get when I was as as we were going through this, considering myself an ESTP, I was like, this is so right. So maybe I'm an ESTP, not an ISTP. Boom. Okay. All right, Andy, let's break this down. So let's start with. So the people, real quick, I just want to say this real quick. So say for the people that's people. listening, for the people who are listening right now, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this. And these are some of the questions that you should be asking yourself when you're trying to figure these things out. I know John says to actually not do the test. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. Also, um, so so these are some of the questions that you should be asking yourself. And they're gonna ask me. I'm gonna answer them. I'm going to answer them honestly, and we're going to figure out what my stack is, and so I can live the rest of my life, uh, and it'll be great. Uh, John's trying to put in new headphones, so I'm trying to stall <laughs> as much as I can. Okay. All right, so my my mic, so technical difficulties, my mic will now be worse. So sorry, podcast listener. My headphones died. Now I'm yeah. using just literally my laptop's internal mic, so... Great. Bummer. Okay. So I went and I got a piece of paper and I got a pen and I'm going to, and I wrote Myers Briggs right on the top. See that? Myers Briggs wrote well, that crap they can't right on see the top. It. Okay. Well, I did. Do you, do <laughs> um, you hear that, listener? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you hear that? I wrote it on the top. So I wrote it on top and we're going to figure this out what I am and put all this together and we're going to figure out why I'm so weird and also what ways I messed up. All okay, right, dude. So let's break let's this go. down. So first, we got to figure out your preferred functions. We got to figure out the four that you prefer of the eight. So let's okay. start by going through those. So first, yeah. let's start with extroverted versus introverted sensing because this one seems relatively straightforward to me. Extroverted sensing is you like new experiences. You're more you like maybe you you really like sports. You like using your body in new ways. You like fashion. You like music. Introverted sensing is more like yeah that you like sort of the norms. You wanna you wanna do the right thing that sort of matches up with your past experiences. What do you think you have? Extroverted or introverted sensing? Ex extroverted sensing. Certainly extroverted sensing. Put okay. that down. Okay, I'm... next. Extroverted or introverted intuition. Extroverted okay. intuition would be more like, okay, I have uh, like something gets brought to me and I'm like, okay, what about this idea? 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 Or does something get brought to you and you're sort of like, no, this is the thing. You're like sort of divergent thinking onto this one idea. What would that second one be? Introverted In intuition. I think I'm introverted. I agree that you have introverted intuition introverted. from my experience of knowing you. Um, third one, introverted thinking or extroverted thinking. So introverted thinking primarily concerned with, okay, everything needs to be precise and it needs to, it needs to line up one thing logically to the next um, sort of inside my mind without so much concern about what it's doing externally or extroverted thinking, which is more like, okay, how can I put people in, like, how can I put either put people in place or, whatever in place to like accomplish the thing, be efficient, be clear, um, get stuff done. I feel like I'm an extroverted thinker. I agree. Okay. Finally, uh, extroverted, introverted feeling. Are you more extroverted feeling, which is more concerned about like, okay, how can we kind of have like harmony within the group kind of get everybody onto the same page 
or you mer- more introverted feeling, which is more concerned sort of with authenticity, like each person being able to sort of feel their own thing, um, having like I think values that are important to you. I can't stand when people try to make everybody feel in harmony. So I, I think certainly I'm certainly think you're an introverted intro- feeler. Introverted, introverted feeler. Correct. So what this means is that with those four cognitive functions, we've got extroverted sensing, we've got introverted intuition, we've got extroverted thinking, and we've got introverted feeling. The two yeah. different letter combinations that that lines up with is either ENTJ or ESFP. Or, or the I version of either of those. So INTJ or ISFP. Um, I d- but I, I don't think you're introverted. I think you're certainly extroverted. Um, okay. So because I'm extroverted, my so, because, ex- so, so either ENT- sensing or thinking goes on top. So, um, so yeah. if you're – so I, I think you're extroverted. So then the question would be if you're an ENTJ, okay. your stack would be in the order of first extroverted thinking – Okay. then introverted intuition, okay. then extroverted sensing, then introverted feeling. Introverted, okay. If you're a ESFP, your hero function would be extroverted sensing, extroverted sensing right. followed by introverted feeling, followed by extroverted thinking, followed by introverted intuition. So I have to, de- I have to decide whether my, whether my hero function is extroverted thinking or extroverted sensing. Correct. And I have to figure that out. Right. So, and if we can decide on those or sometimes what can sometimes be easier to figure out is which one is your inferior function. Um, so we either need to decide, oh. we, we either need to, we need to figure out, we, we just need to figure out one spot of one of these. And then that will mean that the rest of the stack sort of falls in place. So either okay, if, ext- I'm, if I'm being honest, I think it's going to be harder to figure out my sensing and thinking. The extroverted sensing or extroverted thinking? Yeah, because they both seem like I, I hold them both so highly mm-hmm. that it's going to be hard for me to figure out which one is which. So maybe if we start, try to figure out what my inferior. Yeah, yeah. Beth. Or we could talk yeah. through the stack and what it would, how it would be different for an ENTJ or an ESFP. Yeah. Yes, that do that. Be helpful. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. So for the hero function, the ENTJ extroverted thinking their most natural way of being is leading and organizing and getting stuff done the esfp their most natural way of being is just experiencing what they are experiencing so there's definitely a a more of an orientation toward let me control and shape this experience if you are an entj which would have thinking at the top which right. extroverted thinking on top. Yes. Whereas if you are an ESFP with the extroverted sensing hero, there is a more relaxed approach to life and to the world. So when you say it like that, I mean, like in my head, I'm like, I'm obviously, I'm, I obviously am going to have extroverted thinking at the top. So you have more orientation toward control. I, I think so. I mean, John, would you say that that's the case? Um. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Cause I think you really? do also have an orientation towards like, like enjoying. Well, yeah, maybe you do have more of an orientation towards. He does towards seem control. very decided. That's true. <laughs> that is certainly I, something that's true of Andy is that he uh, is. decided. 
I think that it's thinking. Like I'm, I'm almost 100% certain that it's thinking. I, just like when I'm thinking about it, and some of the the things that have been going on recently in my life with some of my friends, and how I've been like trying to maneuver through some of these things, it's totally extroverted thinking at the top. One thing that can make this confusing is that, um, so the T J, the extroverted thinking is often associated with just like having organized spaces and organized schedules. However, hmm. because you are an N and not an S or in this scenario, that could translate much less to practical things, uh, yeah. concrete things like the space and the schedule. Which it, is another clear indication for me that like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't care so much about right. I guess schedules that, and space. That but, was why mm-hmm. I, right, that, what you're saying, Beth, was why I right. had thought that he had expert he thinking as his child team. function. Right. Right. But uh, it's actually not that unusual for an NJ to not be particularly organized. Right. I think. So okay, let's break. So let's break down yeah. the different inferior functions between between. Sure. So for the ENTJ, the inferior function is introverted feeling. So this can manifest um, (laughs) as, let's see. So introverted feeling, again, cares about being authentic and having the, the right feelings and feeling them appropriately and authentically for yourself. So I know a lot of ETJs who have introverted feeling as their inferior who feel kind of out of touch with their emotions um, and sometimes feel like they should. And this is more prominent in women who are ETJs, but they kind of feel like they should feel things more authentically or fully Mm -hmm. um, or they should connect to that more. I think... I think something that I think of in this in this particular situation with the inferior is, and I think this might be helpful for Andy, since he is a Enneagram 8, so he is oriented towards conflict at times, um, is that this is also, your inferior function is oftentimes the thing that is most sensitive in conflict. Mm-hmm. That like when this is attacked, yep. it, feel, it sort of like feels like it hurts the most. Um, so I think it might be These are the things that I'm super grounded in. You you explained it one time where like yeah when somebody attacks these things so like okay okay like for me personally I, tell me if I'm completely wrong on this mm-hmm. but for me personally like if I'm getting an argument with somebody and somebody starts to attack like my political views mm-hmm. I I I start like pulling the machine guns out is that you know what I, is that right. kind of what you're saying like yeah. these things that I hold that, on tightly yeah that makes sense uh, because because the feeling function is the inferior you're less secure in it so if somebody like attacks something that you think is an important principle you kind of feel like they're being evil in a sense I mean I know yes. I used that earlier with the no I totally feel that they're being is, but uh, it's like this is how everyone is supposed to feel and it's yeah. sacred and it's just not right. If yes. you're challenging it. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So that so introvert. <laughs> so right. So introverted feeling would be more. Is that true about your, um, is that true about your values that you feel it, that you kind of feel most, let's say triggered when somebody is sort of coming at what feel like your values, or do you feel more triggered when somebody is coming at like your, um, 
like your introverted intuition. So like the, the thing that you've sort of like decided is right. Or how would you, how would you frame that Beth? Like, so the introverted intuition uh, is the one that right kind of sees the big picture and has discerned like the cause or just the basic underlying principle or what should happen next or how things should be kind of just this holistic vision of reality. So I know some ESPs who they kind of come to these quick conclusions about the way people are or like what's wrong with what they did. And then they just, they're kind of sensitive about being pushed back against when they come to that because they're like, no, this is true. Or like, this is what I have discerned. And so mm-hmm. um, there's kind of less, but there's a little bit of how can it be questioned? Because it's, it's what I know is true. And so um, the- I think the, yeah. The values thing seems more like me. Yeah, so I think about right. like, mm-hmm. like when my, so like one thing that I think that I value and my family values is family itself, like blood, like your blood, your family. And so like when my aunt and uncle moved or like when my grandma and grandpa moved to a different state, mm-hmm. I, I took that really hard because they had moved away and I felt like family should stay together. Mm-hmm. And so there's things like that where I'm just like, kind of dead set on like i'm never gonna not think that family living close together is important and like i know some people don't care so much about that but so there's a lot of those things so i think that that's i think that i'm the Mm -hmm. whatever the first one i think you're i think introverted feeling is yours as well yeah so let's break down so parent so parent this would be the one that you primarily um that you both teach others with and and what did you 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 added something else to this beth that i hadn't heard before it's most important for your own personal growth. Right. So that's my second one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you are an ENTJ, it would be introverted intuition, which we were just talking about. It's the one that discerns and directs. Um, so if you're an ENTJ, this is what you use to direct your organization of the experience or to inform this is the plan of action. Um because this is this is what I have discerned. Is so I think so I think a way that that might play out for you, Andy, is for example, like you you sort of discern that something is the case, and then you like marshal marshal action towards it. Like for for like for example, when like especially early on when you're a Christian, and I'm not saying that you don't feel this way now, but I think you you did this more at least aggressively then. You had discerned that there was something rotten in the state of the church, and so therefore you had marshaled all forces towards that thing. Figuring out away. what it was. Right. Right. Which actually was not great. Well, it, it was, it got really, really, really bad for me because right. then I was like, I'm, I don't want to be a Christian anymore because he can't fix this. Right. So, but that's a really good point that, that you bring up is that, and that's kind of how it felt like, like you guys, like you and Nick and, even Tom and some of these guys that try to disciple me is get me to the point where I feel like I, that I think that like, that I find, I'm like, this is how it's done. And then I, and then I just like naturally go and do it. Yeah. That's interesting. I, that's crazy, man. So versus versus if you were an ESFP, then it would be introverted feeling. So it would be like the thing that primarily that you're both teaching people with or like kind of guiding other people with. And the thing that is important for your growth would be 
values would be introverted feeling would be yeah. like the sense of like this is what and is especially what authenticity right. in the parent function and like also just self-control and self-awareness um in the emotional realm uh when you see that other people lack that you might be like hey you you really this is important for you to be you and mm-hmm. for you to for you to be authentic to your own feelings and values yeah. and not to be influenced by me um huh. is the holy cow yeah. uh, dude, so what would you say between those okay can you say them can you say them both one more time in a mm-hmm. real quickly so using yeah or go ahead beth uh sure so the introverted intuition parent would be good at discerning like what is the principle what you should do uh this is this uh-huh. is the essence of how things are and right. offering that to other people yeah and then the introverted feeling would be very um would value authenticity and a self awareness of emotions and when you see that lacking in other people you're like well you need to be true to yourself and i think so i'm the first more in that way I think the on first the first one. one. Yeah. I, the the second one seems to me a little. I, I'm the first one. You're the first one. You're definitely <laughs> the, the first one. The second one seems like that's like a perfect opportunity to control people. So I don't know why. I, would. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I would tell them to be themselves. Wait, and, and, and by the way, like I'm saying this is as in like, that's just where my brain naturally goes in right. the first place. I don't want to be a control freak, but like right. my brain naturally just goes right there. It's like, how do you control pre- people? Right ladies and gentlemen that are listening to me i don't that's not like a good thing I'm, yeah. I'm, but that's just i'm trying to explain where my brain goes immediately so let's then let's break down how extroverted sensing would look as a child function and how extroverted thinking would look as a child function yeah so extroverted think uh, sensing is the one that wants to just experience be in the moment um push boundaries and be relaxed and explore uh, so this will come out, uh, the child function, you, as the child function, this takes a backseat to your hero, which is about let's control things, let's get things done. But it may still come out when you feel secure and wish to play. You will be more, uh, you'll be better at just like getting into the experience of the experience without controlling it. Um, and it may be something that, let's see, it takes a, it takes a backseat also to introverted intuition. So you're like, there's not, there's usually not any point to just experiencing the experience if you're not going to like discern the important truths of the experience. Mm -hmm. However, occasionally you may find it to be important to just relax and kind of an arbitrary manner and that is, is not it, necessarily as mature as how an esp would so is it true too that like function um that uh that the child function is is sometimes used sort of for lack of a better term like childishly like like yes. I'm, I'm trying to think of like so for example something that's big in andy's life is like is playing sports and and also like feeling like he's on the cutting edge of fashion or like on the cutting edge of music <laughs> but i but i do the think people will laugh at that i mean I, I i do think andy that maybe 
it, at least with the fashion of music that there are, that there can be ways of engaging with that childishly that aren't that without that like yeah. being like I don't, I don't really know how to say it. everyone has a child function you can so say everybody's it. got an area where they're kind of childish yep. i didn't really focus on the playing part so much when i was giving the overview but that can be part of it too like it's something that you playfully care about or something that you do that and, and i keep coming back to the word arbitrary because mm-hmm. it's like you arbitrarily care about it sometimes and it's not totally mature or grounded so like for example like basketball is super important to andy so it's kind of like okay that's sports arbitrarily care about type thing is like would that be a way to interpret that experience well sports can be tricky because it's not like you're not not necessarily engaging extroverted sensing every time you play a sport right you can play a sport with other functions um so the extroverted sensing specifically cares about experiencing the experience as it is and just enjoying the sensations and pushing the boundaries of the physical experience as opposed to andy wanting to dominate the person he's going against and that being the only thing he's concerned about (laughs) but also when i do play basketball one of the one of the things that draw that that drew me towards the sport of basketball was the like artistic style of the game that it that basketball isn't like mm-hmm. in in like football in the fact where you stop every play mm-hmm. basketball is like an ongoing art and it's like to me i think of when i think of basketball i think of actually painting and a, and, a, and a paintbrush going down a canvas there's all there's all these different like ways that you can do it anyways i i just think i think that what you said at first though john about my clothes and stuff well it's like hard for you to say that because you're a millennial um <laughs> The I do I do agree where it's like people will be like why are you wearing these clothes and because to some people because I wear sweatpants and t-shirts to church all the time and I think I look great um um but people like don't get that but for me it's like not that big of a deal so that's yeah I, I yeah. that makes sense I yeah. think that that's what I am yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah makes sense yep yeah, and then just for the sake of closing it out the extroverted thinking child would care about organizing and controlling things but not necessary but they wouldn't want to always do that they'd more they'd be more comfortable just exploring and relaxing but they might use that extroverted thinking to get stuff done if they feel like nobody else can do it mm-hmm. or it's not getting done efficiently enough so this is um, yeah this is interesting yeah. thinking of because what i have in my mind is the difference between Beth, your husband, and Andy, uh-huh. like, because mm-hmm. they are, because Junior is certainly a ESFP, yes, and it is seeming more and more likely that Andy is an ENTJ, and it is, mm-hmm. yeah, seeing the, even as you're explaining this, like, the comparison of, of kind of a, for lack of a better way of putting it, so, like, relaxation focus versus a control focus, like mm-hmm. I see, and, and, and sort like, of some of the arbitrariness in your husband's like extroverted thinking absolutely right because like he will control stuff like it's something he can do it's Mm -hmm. not something he would prefer to do he feels like it's onerous um but sometimes just the incompetence of other people exhausts him (laughs) 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 so so he must step up so you're saying that i'm different in that that like yes i i don't just like want to step up like i just want to well, it's just more natural for you yeah. and comfortable. And it's like, well, no, it would be less natural for you to like step back and just explore and relax. Oh, man. I'd rather actually... just 
being when I get into a situation where I feel like I'm doing that, that's you want to talk about feeling gross. I talk, I feel real gross when I feel like I'm stepping back. I, that's mm. so that's interesting <laughs> that, you, that you bring that. But I'm like, I'm like, if I'm not taking control, at least at least if it's like, unless there's somebody there that like I can trust that like can take really good control. Mm-hmm. So like with with spike ball, we play spike ball. Junior, your husband runs the spike ball league, and he like does a good job at it. So I don't really feel a need to like go and take control of that. But if he sucked at it, I think that I would probably crawl out of my skin. You would just and like hate it. I would have a very hard time not just controlling <laughs> the entire thing. So like I, I yeah. think that there's a balance there, um, in trying to f- figure that out. But that's interesting. Um, so with this top stack, then what like then what would be my bottom stack? How would I write my bottom stack out? Yeah, so we can just rapid fire through that. So it seems that you're ENTJ, meaning extroverted yeah. thinking, introverted intuition, extroverted. And I just want to make a quick point. Feeling. Yes, I am the commander. I'm the commander. You yes. do seem to be the commander. Ah, yes. Bummer. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, gosh, I just didn't want you to have that, <laughs> dude. Why? I don't know. Um, so then, in the in the bottom in the bottom half is um, maybe because I want it. Yeah, so, you do. Whatever. That's what Christina said. I know. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, so the bottom half is you would have introverted thinking as your top one, followed by uh, extroverted intuition, followed by introverted sensing, followed by extroverted, extroverted feeling. Feeling. Okay. So how do I write that out? Uh, usually, so you just do like. Uh, you'll do whatever the thing is. So if it's like sensing, you'd put an S and then if it's introverted, you put an I. So capital S, lowercase I would be introverted sensing. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what do you mean? How would you write it out? So like for ENTJ, we wrote out ENTJ. So if I want to write this oh, one out, Oh, ENTJ bottom. covers everything. So your oh, so when you, okay. when you write down, so then you should write down your functions okay. from top to bottom. So on the top, you'd put T-E. Uh, yes. Got then you put I have an I, then you, yep. I already wrote them down. Yeah. I already have them written down. So really okay. quickly, what that would look like for your shaking stack, introverted thinking would be your opponent. This makes, uh, so, so this would be the thing that like you, um, that was really interesting to me, Beth, when you were talking about the, like the, the promise of strength. Mm-hmm. So, because I think, especially as we were going through this, I feel more solidified in being an ESTP and, um, the promise of strength that would then come for me from introverted sensing. Like I feel this with regards to when my life is disciplined, like when my life is disciplined, when I'm doing the same things every morning and I'm like, I'm, I'm like repeating the experience. Like I, I feel strong. Like I feel that feels like a strong place to be for me. I don't know necessarily that that's exactly within the framework of the, um of what we're talking about but it was interesting mm-hmm. yeah it could be um doing the same thing well yeah be- being disciplined is also sometimes associated with extroverted thinking because it's the one that gets stuff done but mm. if you're talking more about like the rhythms and patterns and habits um that would be more si yeah. so yeah yeah i think it is the rhythms patterns yeah. habits more than it is mm-hmm. about getting something done um so anyways for andy yours would be your opponent would be introverted thinking what would that look like for him beth so introverted thinking again is the one that asks uh what makes sense to me and likes to consider things with great precision and accuracy 
So this often gets in the way of extroverted thinking um, and extroverted thinkers when you are trying to get people to get stuff done and they come at you with, oh, but what about this nuanced thing that you're not (laughs) explaining when you make these, you know, clear statements that that lack nuance. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So okay, then, that makes sense. Yeah, that's... and then which would be extroverted intuition? Which is the one that is very actually. This is very similar to introverted thinking in the way that I just described it. But this is the one that cares about other perspectives. So it, um, so this is the one where if you feel like somebody is trying to teach you another way of looking at things you may feel kind of attacked and belittled and disrespected because you have already, there's only one way at the end of the day yeah. to look at something. <laughs> this is, so. this is just, just knowing Andy, this is it's funny to think about. It is funny. <laughs> and it is funny that she said at the end of the day, there's only one way to think about things. <laughs> Cause that's the, that's like one of the truest statements I've ever heard in my life. Just for the record, I don't believe that. I, yeah, that's an extroverted intuitive. Right, and you're wrong but. about that. Right. So. <laughs> so then, your yeah. trickster would be uh, introverted sensing. So this would be so, th- so yeah. So yeah. like the rhythms and habits being sort of or like the the ones that cares about norms right. and the way things have been done before. This is something you really don't care about. And <laughs> it doesn't bother you when other people have it, unless they're, unless you are like suspicious of it, that they're trying to trick you by getting away with just referencing norms as if that's somehow a valid perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so funny, dude. It's so I, funny. I, this, I love this. It's man. so I, exactly I correct. Yeah, <laughs> as if that's a valid perspective. That's, <laughs> I just love that. That is so funny. Oh my goodness! And then the final that's one funny. being uh, extroverted, extroverted feeling. Feeling, Your- yep. Which is going to be the source of evil in the world, which is people trying to manipulate your feelings and trying to which and being like disingenuous about. Um their own feelings which maybe, this, being like, fake this is your this is something you think they're not yeah this is your roommate's hero function <laughs> so <laughs> this is why he thinks you're evil and why you think he's evil yeah. <laughs> this is so good dude i should have had him come on the podcast oh, no. we would we would actually have our problems uh fixed right now yeah. because that is that is insane i didn't even think about that that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we just did that. And now I'm going to have to think about that for the next month. Um, and it'll be fun. Uh, we're like an hour and a half into this. We're, we're a full out. We're almost an hour and 50 minutes into this. We're really far, which is fine. I don't care. I, I like talking about longest this podcast on the Optive network. I think ever. I think ever. This was good though. This was That's good to good. figure this stuff out. Again, um, well, I guess do you guys have anything else you want to say as we wrap things up? Can you can you say again, Beth? What was the what was the promise of each one? It was the promise of strength. Yep, the opponent promises strength. The negative parent or the witch, wisdom. Mm-hmm. The negative child, witch or trickster, wisdom. humor, and the 
demon transcendence. Mnemonic device, witch wisdom. (laughs) Great. Okay, so again, for people who are listening to this, go back and read on the OptiveNetwork.com. Go back and read Beth's writings on these things. They're right. You click on theology on the top right-hand corner. You scroll down to Myers-Briggs, and they're all right there. Um, Very good stuff. So yeah, so what this what that won't break down is it won't break down the individual slots like we were talking about. So it won't break down like what is I gotta it write about? another essay on that. Once you do, I'm gonna make a book. <laughs> Anyways. Write an essay on that and then so I can put it on the website. Okay. Um and then yeah, so you go look at that and then kind of ask yourself these questions. The way that the way that we kind of just went through it, I feel like should be the way that you kind of go through it with yourself to figure out what you are and what you want. So asking yourself about uh, introverted and extroverted sensing and uh, thinking and whatever. So do that, do those things if you want to figure that stuff out. But other than that, I think that we've kind of wrapped this up. Obviously I know there's probably way more that we could even talk about this stuff because this stuff always goes super duper deep. Um, but I feel like we, we covered like the main parts of, of the Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. So Beth, thank you for coming on these last two yes. pods and doing this. You're like super, this was super helpful to have you on it and people really enjoy listening to you. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And this might not be the last time it might, and we, oh. might, we might do more stuff in the future. So fantastic. Now that you're a celebrity though, it's going to be hard to get you to, yeah. <laughs> now that you're so famous because of the podcast, it's going to be hard to get her to do this. Um, other than that, make sure to uh, smash that like smash button. Smash it hit subscribe um follow us on spotify share this with your friends because it slaps it. hard what because <laughs> it slaps say? hard <laughs> <laughs> what the heck yeah it does it's it slaps so hard this one especially you heard it from beth first uh that might have that that might have been what Dude, I'm going to throw that at the beginning. Yeah. You're screaming that it slapped hard. I'm going to put that at the beginning. Um, so anyways, do all those things. We will catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. See you later.